This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Defense Department is worried about its reserve component. Taking more time away from family after working a civilian job just is not as appealing as it used to be. DOD asked the RAND Corporation to figure out ways to help it keep reservists and recruit new ones. Federal News Network Scott Massioni spoke with RAND senior political scientists Molly Dunnigan and Steve Dalzell. Essentially, this was an exploratory study that aimed to look outside the box to get around potential uh, manpower issues that the reserve component faces across a variety of issues. Um, We looked primarily at two um, dimensions of constraint on manpower for the RCs, the reserve components, um, location constraints and scheduling constraints. And the intent of the study and and the way that we laid it out in the report was to come up with a variety of potential alternative workforce constructs that we sort of see as potential pilot programs. Um, In this way, you know, they are very exploratory. They are sort of um, just getting the idea out there. And any of these that the Department of Defense would potentially be interested in adopting, they would certainly need to experiment with, dig deeper into, and research further and examine the implications of them further. How much are the reserve components hurting for people at this point? I mean, are they in dire straits when they're trying to find people in general, or is this in certain profession areas? It all it varies from year to year, obviously, which components, both active and reserve, have trouble uh, meeting their mission for recruiting. And within that, there are always certain skills that are most challenging for a particular component or a particular service to meet. Um, many of those are the obvious ones that are reflecting challenges in, in civil society as well of You know, we can't get enough computer programmers or things like that. That carries over into the military if they're trying to find people that can do STEM fields and things like that. And some are more reflecting the particular physical needs required to do um, high-end combat skills and things like that, fighter pilots or um, ground combat forces and things like that that they don't draw from the civilian world for. You really dug into some interesting manpower issues, and I think it seems like there's a lot of things also that the military is not taking advantage of that are uh, available or that make things a lot easier for them within the the private sector. I would like you just to go over a few of the the interesting points that you made um, or interesting solutions that DOD might be able to explore to help retain and recruit these soldiers and Marines and airmen and, and everyone else. One of the ones that that um, I found interesting in discussing this was one that we called season, seasonal worker and seasonal reserve, um, and that partly reflects things that we've heard about the civilian economy, where there are the sort of surge economies that seem to be coming being more prevalent now than in the past. Um, you know, we've heard about the groups that uh, coalesce to do fulfillment centers around the holidays for um, online marketers and things like that. Um, And likewise, there are reserve skills that are hard to train on a traditional um, one weekend a month kind of schedule. Um, Any very complex collective activity, um, that's not a lot of time to get your team together and actually 
do a training activity. And so the idea is, are these complementary opportunities where there are parts of the population that are available for larger stretches of time when they're not doing a particular kind of uh, seasonal work? Um, and could they be formed into groups that gather for longer periods of training in order to complete a task? Um, something in transportation or engineer fields, for example, that involve a lot of heavy equipment getting into one place so that they can conduct a meaningful training event. And so giving more flexibility for that kind of scheduling in, in the training might both take advantage of the changes in the civilian economy, but also allow for more effective training for the reserve unit. The workforce construct that I find most interesting personally is the telereserves construct. Um, this is basically the idea that um, you would expand existing telework arrangements to allow more reserve component members to take advantage of ongoing advances in technology, and they would therefore be able to perform a broader variety of tasks remotely um, from any location, from their homes, from a location closer to home than where they would typically have to train or be on duty um, or a remote location away from their home and duty station, but where their civilian job might require them to be. Um, and ultimately, this is designed to break down the location barriers. As I just mentioned, you know, we focused on both location and scheduling constraints. And so Steve just talked about um, seasonal work or seasonal reserve, which is designed to get around scheduling constraints. But this is really designed to get around location barriers. Um, somebody who can't, for some reason, get to training locations um, or to their reserve component duty location due to personal responsibilities or personal characteristics or their civilian job. Um, and so the idea is just that it would facilitate a greater number of folks being able to participate in the reserve components. Um, the other thing I will say that's relevant to this issue of, you know, picking a favorite workforce construct out of the list we developed is that a lot of these are not mutually exclusive, and you could think about combining some of them. So, for instance, telereserves could be combined with the part-time plus construct, which is essentially um, the idea that you would allow somebody to participate on a part-time basis, but slightly more than um, might be uh, the minimum requirement for the reserve components right now. Um, so some of these could just be combined in certain ways to facilitate an even greater uh, proportion of the population participating in the reserve component and also to just make it a more attractive option to folks to participate in the reserve component. And, and there was one other one that I think I wanted to just kind of put out there, which was the, I guess you'd call it the no passport uh, rule. And would you mind kind of talking about that one too? So part of what we are trying to recognize is that although the, the current OSD policy emphasizes uh, having all individuals deployable, that in practice there are large numbers of positions that even in wartime are based within the continental United States and are not requiring deployment. And so our, uh, we wanted to put on the table the the concept that in cases where you've got a critical shortage of a skill that includes a number of positions that are exercising their responsibilities without deploying, that there might be reasons and justification where they might want to fine-tune the policy to ensure that those people can continue contributing from their location, even if 
at a point in time they can't physically deploy uh, to be part of the force. Um, again, it's probably a, a small subset of, uh, of those possible positions, but we thought that needed to be put on the table as one of the policy choices available to OSD uh, to meet particular shortfalls. Rand Corporation senior political scientists Steve Dalzell and Molly Dunnigan speaking with Federal News Network Scott Marcioni. Check out Scott's DOD personnel notebook at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. All I want for Christmas is a DWI. Yeah, said no one ever. Impaired driving kills the holiday spirit. Drive sober, drive smart. Extra enforcement now on Minnesota roads. A message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety.